Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, innovators, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show, where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship with my guests. Today, I host two guests. Alberto is a serial entrepreneur who has built a software business that he sold in 2014. Andres grew up in Venezuela, worked in Italy and Belgium before he moved to Spain, first as an intern for Alberto and today as the CEO of The Cube. Together, we explore the stories of Alberto and Andres and dive deep into radical innovation, the ecosystem of the Cube, and why having a workation is beneficial for business. Please welcome to the show Alberto Rodriguez and Andres Haddad. Hello, Alberto and Andres. Welcome to the show. Great to have you guys. Hello, James. Thank you for the invite. Hello, James. How are you? Um, good. And Andres, it's like for everyone who is only listening, you should go to YouTube and check out the the, the video. Um, Andres has an amazing background, way better than my background because he's living and uh, not living, sitting in a in a nice space. But we get to get to the story of that. Um, before we go into, of course, innovation, the cube, and all the interesting things you guys are, are doing or have been doing in the past. Let's go a little bit into your personal story. So let's start with Alberto. Alberto, who are you and how did you get to the place where you are today? Okay, let's let's try to summarize because I am 49, <laughs> Jens. So um, I am the kind of serial, uh, serial entrepreneur. Uh, my first company, I, I, if I remember right, we began with our first tech company when I was 25. And it was a side job. I was at that time. I was working in a couple of um, corporations, big corporations. I began working in sales in the trademark department of L'Oreal and also of Mondelez. Um, before before that, I was a trainee at Nielsen. It's a market research company. It's a market research leader in in the world. I was eleven months at Nielsen, and this is this is important. <laughs> this topic. Because um, I began with, I began. I'm I, my background is business, so I'm not an I'm not a tech guy. Okay, uh, but I decided to to build up a business around technology, developing software. We began in 1999, before the dot com bubble, in Madrid, Spanish guys with our poor English, as you see, and developing software. With the with the aim to be a global company before the the dot com bubble and everything. So imagine this was the probability of success today. If you see this, it is probably close to zero. 
But um, and all, also, this was a side project. So we did this on our our holidays, our weekends. So you can imagine. But I think we made something really interesting. And in 2004, we decided to jump to our business 100% of the time. And to make the story, the long story short, in 2014, there was an American company called Nielsen, the same company where I started with when I was 21, that came from New York directly and made an approach. And they bought our company to integrate all our technology inside their their processes so um, from in 24 hours let's say because this was this was a diligence of 30 days so it was very 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 short compared to other processes and without any experience we became we, we were entrepreneurs and at that time we were we have we have some cash out we have some money but we have no no project so imagine <laughs> And this was 2014. Yeah. So I I decided to take a sabbatical, and instead of going to the beach or things like this, I decided to to go to to the US to Boston and uh, to study at the MIT when I was 42. I was 42 at that time, and I remember that this was like a mental spa for me. It was something really interesting because I, I had no pressure. I, I was really enjoying the, the, the possibility of updating myself because being an entrepreneur, you don't get a lot, you don't have a lot of time to really improve or improve on, in, on new things. And then I went to Silicon Valley to have a look and to try to understand something on the tech business uh, in the US. And then I came back to, to Spain and I decided to Mm, to start a new thing, a new thing. We call that new thing the Cube. And this was 2017. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting in this point if you prefer to to spend some minutes to, to know Andres and then we will talk together about this project that is the Cube. Good, perfect. Okay, Thank so you, I probably... Probably my story will be 50% shorter. Uh, as, as, <laughs> I'm 20, 27. Um, I I went to the US. I'm from Venezuela. I went to the US to study advertising, something that's not related to to what I'm doing today. And after studying advertising, my first job. I'm a person that doesn't like to be quiet. Uh, yeah, I like to move to move around, and and I'm really hyperactive. And and I wanted to do something different, no? So I got my first job in Italy, in Milan. But it was not the typical job, no? I saw all my friends going into big companies, the usual. And I wanted to go into a small company that pretty much was a company that a friend was launching in, in Milan. And I got on board with him. We uh, developed the project. We were, we were working on the project for like six months. We ended up being four people. It was a a small uh, branding agency for startups, no? So over there is when I first got my, it was my first touch point with, with entrepreneurship, but I knew like working there, I knew that there was a lot that I didn't knew, no? 
Uh, and people were talking to me about a lot of things that I had no clue about what were they talking after talking to me about. So I decided that I needed more more education. I, I decided to stop and go into 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 the Polytechnic of Milan to study entrepreneurship and innovation. No, because um, I I I really thought that it was something that that you could learn. No, that that you, you could learn methodologies, tool. You could learn the mindset in order to launch. Uh, this kind of initiative, this kind of projects. After after doing this master, I think I went into the wrong track, and I ended up working in consultancy in Brussels. No, um, something that's really not related to to what we're doing now. I was I was working in the in the cold Brussels. Um, I, I I really enjoyed. It. I, I really had a lot of fun when when I was doing it, but it was not my place. So. I, I saw this company called Unlimited in, in Madrid with a really particular project. They had a, an open position for an internship. Uh, I applied and probably four weeks later, I was uh, working uh, with them remotely from Brussels. I was in I spent like one month in Brussels and then I moved uh, to Madrid. And it was fun because I remember when I, when I got to to meet Alberto and to start working at, at Unlimited at that time, that we only had one innovation project. We only had one innovation project, and I was dedicated full time to to that project. No, and and Alberto told me one day, you know, I have I have this idea of of working on something related with corporate innovation. We have the infrastructure, uh, and I told him like. Clients, uh, because clients, as as we have the cube, which is an innovation and entrepreneurship ecosystem, uh, people, companies were contacting us to help them with some innovation processes, with some innovation projects, and it was like I don't even understand like how they contact us without us having any offer. So that's <laughs> when we decided to build an offer, and and we built an innovation, an open innovation department. Um, and we, we, we sat down, probably a very short meeting and a one hour meeting. And we, I think the first thing we did was to set our revenue goal for the first year of the, the revenue goal of the Open Innovation Department. Um, when, we, when we told the goal to the other business partners, they, they thought we were crazy. I probably Alberto also thought that I was crazy and I was very innocent. So I thought it was very reachable. Uh, I, I, I believed it. And in the first year we made it, we reached the goal. Um, I don't know how, but, but we, we, we reached it. Uh, and then uh, the second good idea was to launch the company, launch the corporate innovation and venture building firm in January 2020. <laughs> And that's when the story began. So let's let's yeah. let's go back to 2017, Alberto. Okay, okay, because 2017, we um, we are going to jump a little bit back. In 2017, we decided that we were going to um, what took us here will won't take us to the future because we, we were very lucky. We developed some technologies really interesting on computer vision, based on computer vision. We wrote some IP, some patents, um, and we protected a little bit the, 
in the technology, technology, but that by the way today is a commodity. But at that time, it was really interesting. And in 2017, we decided to, instead of jumping into a new project, we decided to jump into a 10 projects. So we decided to invest like at this time, we, we have invested like $12 million, more or less. And we wanted to, to launch 10 different things based on probably tech or related close to technology and to try to, to develop different things and to let the market test if we were right or we were wrong with a small investments uh, and with a physical space. Because at that time, I thought that when I was in Boston and when I was in Silicon Valley, if you read about London, probably Amsterdam, Berlin, you had a lot of new places where innovation was happening and concentrating mm -hmm. talent. And here in Madrid, at that time, we had a, something called Campus Madrid ruled by Google. It's a Google campus network. And then there was one in Madrid and another and another place from a university. And, and we thought that the cube was going to be a physical space for things to, to happen. And, but the problem when you decide to make this project physically is that you you are looking, for example, for a 1,000 square meter building, but you don't you don't really get this. And at the end, we we bought a 5,000 square meters building, which is a lot. And we were at that time we were four four business partners, four shareholders. So the the owner of the building was like, how many how many people do you have for this? 5,000 square meter building with with five um, flats. And we said, we are four. So we, we have one per per guy and we have another <laughs> one empty. But it was cheap. It, mm. We're in a, in a part of Madrid that is not really luxurious. And for, for startups, this is nice. In Madrid, we don't have a neighborhood of startups. We don't have a place or we don't have a a place where startups are concentrated. It's a strange thing, but it's the reality. So we thought the cube was going to be an important, an important agent, an important actor in, in the startup and innovation uh, well, story. And I think the timing was, was right. We had the possibility also, we, we were very lucky because at that time, Uber, they were looking for a, for a headquarter first for spain and they were talking about having a headquarter for the southern the south part of europe okay so uh, we presented the project they sent the project directly to san francisco and they decided that this was an, a, a nice place to have uber so we are, we are hosting the southern europe headquarters of uber here since the inception of the of the cube the relationship with them is is really very nice and they support us in lots of um, well things we do for the community for the innovation community for startups etc so this was 2017 i i made this zoom or google meet interview to andres in 2018 it took me i was very lucky because it took me like probably 10 minutes to discover that this guy was outstanding um, and we hired him, as he said, as an as an internship. And 
now today he's he's in charge of the cube he is the ceo of the cube he has a team of 30 people and he is growing he's doubling the business every year we are we are selecting strategically customers today which is something a little bit egocentric if you can say this Jens, because <laughs> yeah you never you cannot say no no we are chosen we are choosing our clients but the reality is that andres is choosing the clients very strategically because there is no time to lose with 30 people we are a very very small team and it's a question of opportunities so if we if we we make a list of really really interesting companies that we want to work for um we go for it and this is our this is another part of the story yeah so if we if we go into the cube so for 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 people who have never heard about gcube so i understand like one part is the building what what is the building now about and what what is like inside the building so that people get get a perspective to that maybe andres you can you can give a, an overview of that I, I i will tell it to you with a story because i think it's the is the best way for people to understand so i'm gonna start where i stopped uh, last time and we launched uh, unlimited open innovation january 2020 no so we wanted to be a corporate innovation and venture development firm and in things were going right we had we wanted to double revenue that year and as you know in may in march sorry pandemic came and the first budget corporations stopped was the innovation the innovation budget no on the other hand the cube uh, the cube was mainly a physical space and in an ecosystem and the cube through the last years built a really strong brand within the innovation community in spain so we were really scared to lose what the cube uh, had built as of today because no one would go to the cube we, we, we didn't know when a person would go back to the cube back then yeah. and in unlimited open innovation we were working really hard on building a brand and we, we always made fun of this because uh, even we were working very hard building unlimited open innovation brand our customers called us the cube uh, yeah. so <laughs> so so uh, I, I was talking with alberto in in june 2020 and and we thought it was a, a good decision to fusion to portion both companies, no? to portion unlimited open innovation and to and the cube. So now we have two verticals. We have the radical innovation vertical, which is based on innovation services. And then we have uh, the other vertical that we call inspiring spaces. No? Uh, we, apart from the from our proprietary methodologies that we've been building through time and the innovation services, we also wanna create the environment uh, that in the beginning fosters creativity uh, innovation uh, helps for ideation but also the environment that helps for execution of the projects yeah. so our two main pillars are uh, radical innovation and inspiring spaces but at the end our purpose is helping corporations to face challenges through radical innovation yeah and then in inside the cube uh, are there still startups sitting and and kind of mingling with the corporations or how, do, how does that work yeah 
uh, we have two ways uh, to collaborate with startups or we build the startups for the corporates so we have some startups we've built for corporates uh, growing inside the cube and there, mm. and in the other hand we scout for startups globally uh, we validate their technology we validate their product and then we help them to to get uh, to collaborate with the with the corporate first through a poc and then uh, depending on the corporate on the corporate need uh, we take different paths yeah and and the 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 corporates are they then sitting inside the cube in, inside the physical space as well engaging with the startups maybe let's let's yeah. move to alberto a little bit <laughs> yeah for example today that i i i am unlucky as you see because i'm not at the pitch unlike andres and <laughs> i came across some of our clients because they have some some of them they have physical spaces they have mm -hmm. innovation labs and they can come here to really Mm, have these creative meetings and even have their own meetings. So we have today. I came across uh, some of them from Daimler, from Mercedes, okay, yeah. from Procter and Gamble, or from um, another local company. It is called Diolio. But they, they are they are market leaders in olive oil. But you, yeah. you, now that yeah. you are in Spain, you will taste a lot of good olive oil. So yes, uh, we have some. In fact, they they prefer to work here. Uh, and they come here really to to get inspiration to come across some of the, the startups because we as andres was saying we scout more than 1000 startups per year we curate them we talk to them there is not there is no automated system to really to really scrape startups and put it on a database we talk to them because we are in the same page as they are we try mm -hmm. to to understand the potential and some of them are here in acceleration programs, corporate acceleration programs. And also we have the credentials, yes, because we launch our own startups with, with our own money. We launched like yeah. 10 startups, as I told you. Five of them, we had to close them. And this is uh, normal, the reality. And yeah. the rest of them, they are here. So you, you can see a very um, diverse atmosphere because you can see. The, the funny thing, Jens, is that when the corporate guys, they come here, they come with jeans okay and a t-shirt <laughs> the rest of the the rest of the week they go with their suits and they, they go yeah. on a proper way to their headquarters but when they come here it's it's a tradition and they they come here and they say to me look look i am with the t-shirt and i say okay, <laughs> that's nice <laughs> yeah they, so they, they can really feel feel like home as well when when they come into the cube that's brilliant one interesting so, topic before before you you ask me the, the another thing is that we don't we don't believe we feel that we don't believe on on the other way around we don't believe on corporate headquarters with a like a like a glass room with startup guys and this is very common because they some of our clients they create these spaces uh, right. inside their corporate uh, headquarters and they have like in a zoo they have some guys. Uh, wearing jeans and, and and writing on the glass uh, walls, and we don't we don't see this this merch very very. Uh, we feel it insane because they have different objectives. And these corporate guys they go out at six p.m. and they have their the big cars, company cars, and they mm. go out of the of the headquarters. And you have these poor startup guys 
really struggling with their technical problems. And at the end of the day, these guys, they want to be the corporate guy, you know? Yeah. So by being yeah. on, on the other way around, 90% of the flavor of the atmosphere is a startup. So we get the other, the other way, that is believing on execution because startups is all about execution. Yeah. Great one. So, Andres, why do you sit in a different space than in the cube right now? Can you tell that story? Yeah, um, we tend to be really radical on our on our decisions. And as Alberto was saying, we have Uber in our in our building. And one day we did like um, a small event uh, where where the Uber Spain was was presenting uh, was talk, talking about they keep their startup culture being so big. And he was talking about the beginnings of Uber, and and he he talked about in the really beginning they had this called workation, where if you had a project, uh, they would pay they will pay you a week uh, in whatever you wanted, I think, and you would go with your team to develop a project. No, by coincidence, in that event there were a lot of people from the cube um, in the present. So two weeks later, we had uh, an internal um, an internal workshop where we wanted to to develop ideas on how to improve the performance of, of our teams. No, so as you would imagine, the winning idea was to have a workation place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Alberto took it really seriously. And I I'm not really sure, but probably six months later, uh, we had. The Cube Sahara. And the Cube Sahara strategically was also um, like an, an intention letter no, for, for our ecosystem because when people uh, saw us no, uh, doing the things we do in Madrid, they would naturally ask, and where are you going to open next? Paris, mm. London, Barcelona, uh, Rome. And mm. we were, no, 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 no. Leave that to our competition. We're going to open in Sahara de los Atunes, in the south of Spain, in, in the edge, no? Because yeah. normally, if in, in, in the city, you, you, you have pollution, but, but, but I'm not talking about, uh, about the air pollution or, or environmental pollution. I'm talking about the traffic. I'm talking about your everyday problems. I'm talking about uh, getting to the office and a lot of people talking to you, looking at the same things, not the routine, the your your day to day your day to day uh, tasks and stuff. So we really wanted a place that's not easy to reach, but we have it uh, really well um, built in a in a way that we can bring our clients in a really efficient way. But it's a place that you feel that you are really away from home. You can look Africa from here, so you are yeah. in the middle. You, you like you can see another continent that's very different. So it's it's a place it's a place to think. It's a place to ideate, to be creative, and and to open perspective, to open your mind because it's really hard to to really get radical ideas in the environment where, where you move uh, on a on an everyday basis. No, you, you you really need to to get out, to explore, to see things that you have never seen before. And and to and to feel different sensations and stop and I 
I, I was talking to Alberto when he was uh, here last week, and we were like, "Look, uh, here you can stop and feel the breeze, no? The, the feel the air coming coming into your face, uh, being relaxed. Like in the morning, if we wanna take a one hour walk, we take it, uh, and but then we come back and we are super inspired and we get really focused on our work, and then we take another break and we go to the beach, we take a swim, and we come back, and then we get to focus again on our work." And I see it uh, for working with with our team here and with clients here that the the quality of the conversations that you get here, the quality of the insights, the 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 points of view uh, that you get from being in a place like this that is not only a nice villa, it's a place that's yeah. prepared to work. It's a place with high speed Wi-Fi. It's a place with uh, boards where you can write. It's a place with tables where you can work um it's I, I i like i like to call it as in in sara we get creative uh it's it's our way of opening our mind and having the great ideas and then we go to the cube madrid for execution over yeah. there is where things happen here things get created yeah how, how is it with 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 the companies maybe now moving to alberto do you invite the companies to go to 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 the sara um house as well or a station however you call that how, how do you work with the corporates in that environment mm, we we are reserving this 50 percent of the time for our employees in the mm. in the whole ecosystem we are like 85 employees today in the different startups so 50 percent of the nights like in a hotel are reserved for employees they can go there They can prepare a project. They, they, we, we, we get the uh, tickets. There are some ladies cooking for them, and mm. they can spend one week, two weeks. Um, but the priority is the other 50% of nights that are like our our partners. Yeah. And if you are partner of the cube, by default, by being partner of the cube, you have already some nights reserved in the year, depending on the on the partner. Uh, you can have five ten nights so you can go alone you can ask for because everything is iot enabled so you can mm. you can ask for the codes and you can go with your team alone or you can ask us andres and me and the team to be with you because you want an external point of view or you want us to really think outside the box on new topics so we are we, we prepare these things and they they come and there are some services like um, the trip or like we can have some catering facilities and this is the the way do we have a lot of petitions because this is so so cute yeah. probably james the future should should look pretty much like the cube Sahara for everybody for all of us yeah yeah probably we sooner or later we will be able to work when when you work in a creative um, job you will need some some of the extra air that these open air places give to you so these partners they they can ask for the for the slot and we prepare it and they can go normally they go with us to in, in the first year that has been this year because with covid as you can imagine yeah. Yeah. Um, it was very difficult we were very lucky because this was a office an office from the company so we have the special permission to really to really travel by car and going to the cube and this was fresh fresh air for everybody because 
if you are in the in the middle of the lockdown and you don't see your 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 teammates um, today is even more important so and for clients it's also more important so they as you know probably today they are they are still not traveling a lot and some of yeah. our partners they have forbidden um, trips so fortunately this has uh, been very interesting for us to to really exploit internally the cube Sahara for our employees and the result is excellent because when you are in a in a in a screen as we are today 100 of the time as you mm. know the the connections are not so strong you don't really know about the people lives and the attention is 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 really difficult to get so if you spend one one week with your team and andres now is is spending with part of the team this week new new mm. guys that they have been in the company probably three three months four months the quality of relationships improves a lot the quality of teamwork improves a lot and and, and i think that this is the very interesting thing for for clients and for us yeah i love the concept i think it's 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 real really a, not just an innovative concept it's also a future focused concept because and we all know that the pandemic has changed how we think about going into offices and corporates are kind of like selling selling properties right now um i was just talking to to a property person the other day that like one of the big corporates sold 50% of their office spaces because they think they will never go back to the office in the old way so it's 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 a very interesting future concept moving us a little bit into in innovation and what you see with with uh, the engagement of the corporates if we if we look from maybe using the pandemic a little bit what are the biggest pain points you you are helping clients with in the moment from a cube perspective and specifically um as the next point i would like to go into radical innovation but let's start with like what are the main pain points andres i mean um first when you as and, I, and as I, as i was saying before no when you are in a in a day-to-day -day environment where you have your day-to-day -day responsibilities no when you have your day-to-day -day problems it's it's really hard to think it's really hard uh, to think to get creative and to really look out no because it, we if, if if we look uh teams from an external point of view every person has a really zoomed in way of seeing but you don't have a chance to look at the big picture no and to understand the the, the value transactions within within a company I question what you're doing and we really help them to get out to think and to re reideate re rethink the way they work to to develop new ideas and to change the way they interact with their clients and with their with their teams internally but beyond that we have the capacity of executing really fast with like developing fast getting results fast iterating mm -hmm. and, and building stuff no which is something that corporations um that is, is not something that corporations do very well beyond their core products beyond yeah. their core services because imagine when you have a company with a lot of processes with uh a very a very strict structure that 
of course, you need to have these processes in corporations because uh, they need to be efficient in a in a certain way. So what we do is, if if you have a way a way on the right and a way on the left, we go in the middle because we wanna we wanna see what's in the middle and we execute as we see as we go. As we we, we don't have any prefixed uh, um, methodologies, we don't have any prefix prefix systems, we don't have any prefix way of doing things. So everything we do is innovative. Yeah. So I think the main pain points are on one side that you are always in your zoomed in perspective and you need to be shaken and taken uh, to the top in order for you to see the whole picture and then yeah. okay you, you have a great idea but you need to execute it no and to execute it you need the resources to execute it you need the time and you need to know how to execute without having a path which is something that entrepreneurs do very well so that that's i think uh, our our main our main advantage over there yeah, yeah I, I to sum up a little bit things on on this idea i think that companies big corporations they have been really uh, during the 70s and the 80s very worried about size about globalization about economy economies of scale so they have mm. been developing this mainly the size then they 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 turn if you remember to quality everything was about quality brand quality all these things this was the 90s then they then become the digitalization or digital digital transformation and today in the 2020s they are focused again or they are focused on innovation and sustainability this those are the main topics there is no more important thing in a board of directors than yeah. talking about what are we doing on innovation and what are we doing on sustainability uh so it's a it's a big big topic for corporations and it's true that they every every process that make them efficient kills innovation because innovation at, at some point at the beginning is chaotic is uncertain yeah. so for them is it's very difficult to to really put this in on 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 the table and to really advance and in our case we we are focused on on the difficult part of innovation that is execute the idea. Uh, having the idea is, is nice and is, is a very interesting topic for a lot of consultancy firms and a lot of agencies around innovation because it's the funny thing, it's the most happiest part of the of the innovation process to, to yeah. discover an idea and to put a name to this. Those, those are the magic minutes and from that minutes to the end, everything is suffering, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you then working with the innovation departments or is it like different departments doesn't really matter from the organizations? I, I mean, we work uh, with from the lead team of organizations mm. to innovation departments. We have we have uh, contacts in the innovation departments, but then uh, also human resources or business development departments, I think we, we get contacted by many different departments but because every every department needs to innovate. Uh, some need to innovate internally and others need to innovate externally. But yeah. um, we, we see that we get we get contacted by, and, and, we, and we have touch points with different departments within the corporation. So we, we start with one department, with the innovation department usually, but then we go into into many different departments, probably departments that we, we would have never imagined that would be uh, talking to us. Yeah. 
radical innovation. What is different from radical innovation than normal innovation? Or what is your definition of, of radical innovation? Alberto, Let's you start and with me. Albert, Alberto. Okay. Or... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> for us, for us, um, as we wanted to to really um, develop a very strong competitive um, positioning, we dis we decided to we are very radical. Personally, we make these crazy things as 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 putting our second hub in the beach front or things like this. So for us, being radical was something really natural. And also we, we thought that making something nobody has done in any market should be something that is uh, interesting for companies. Because brand stretchability for a lot of businesses is, is larger than they think. And we are seeing this every day. We are seeing how family consumer group brands, they go jump into technology, how technology brands or digital brands are jumping into the offline world. So there is something about radical things that uh, moves really big movements no? and big bets. So for us, uh, going beyond the core of the business was really interesting because we consider that if you need to innovate, of course you need to innovate. You need you need to make constantly innovation on product services, processes, all these things. For us, this is normal innovation. You can do it by yourself. You don't need the help or the, the advice from people that do, we are thinking really, really outside of the box. And we train our people, uh, gens, on what we call this cognitive, cognitive flexibility. This means that they can mm. really, they have no idea about they are not they are not experts not experts on 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 the topics um, but they catch up very very quickly they they are able to make these business analogies and these con not obvious connections between things that are happening in one industry to another industry and what is really interesting interesting from the from an intellectual point of view is to really think on radical uh, possibilities that today we have with with different technologies that are really technologies that are today mature and we can use them we are not talking about new 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 things because those are very exper experimental and mm -hmm. we are not on that business but having the things that are mature today we can build up um, propositions and put in the market some really new things and try to to really be be at the point where where this is going to explode so this is for us uh, radical innovation at least for me that is going beyond the core much beyond the core to the border of the of the business yeah andres i can imagine it's like you're getting phone calls every day of people who want to work with you how do you deal with that and on uh, I, I guess on client uh, side and on like employee side yeah <laughs> One day, one day, I remember a client asked me, "How much do you pay to work at the Cube?" And <laughs> 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 um, I mean, we try very, very hard to be a company with a lot of talent density. So, of course, um, it's the Cube. It's a company that has become really attractive for talent uh, to work at. But we have 
a process that I, I think it's a, a really a really natural process where we really get to understand the people if culturally they fit with the company if they have the mindset to fit in the company beyond their skills um yeah. because if, if you have if you have the attitude if, if you have the, the right mindset i don't care I, I don't care if you if you have the skills today or not because if you have the right attitude you will build the skills so so we when we're gonna we're gonna bring someone on board we make sure that the mindset is aligned it's a per, it's a learn it all people not know it all we don't want know it all in our in our environment because they inhibit innovation they inhibit the new things because they already know that this cannot be done or they already tried so we want th we want I, 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 sometimes I like to call it like being innocent no uh, pr pr probably many of the things we've done the radical great things we've done is because we were innocent and we thought it was possible so we found a way to make it possible when people probably taught us, uh, taught us uh, that it won't be possible so having having the right team a team that collaborates in the proper way that it's really stimulated but what they do and seeing the the outcomes on their project that how, how they get implicated into every project it's something it's something really really interesting um sadly i cannot answer all the linkedin messages i receive uh, of people <laughs> asking uh, to work to work at the cube but i send all of them to our uh, human resources department all, all of the all, all of the all, all of the cvs or, or the linkedin links when whenever i get i get a a, a request so yeah. so i think uh, our our hr department is the is the door the the door of our club no so yeah. they, they need to be really really aligned with us if if i understand that right it's also important to have this culture fit to be able to work with the clients in the way you work because if you have someone who knows everything, let's say, I mean, I've worked there, so I can say that coming from a large consultancy, um, they often, and I, I have worked with people, they have worked 30 years in the consultancy. They have never worked anywhere else in their whole life. So they know everything. Yeah. That's the attitude. So putting someone like this into your ecosystem will directly I let's say not enhance the client relationship because it's a, it's a different mindset and the clients will not be challenged in the way because they it, will just it, get a solution instead of totally. a challenge. Huh? They they will get a solution based on best practices because yeah. it's it's based on the experience uh, these people these people have and we're gonna we 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 really wanna get different solutions. Uh, solutions to complex problems that are the problems we try to solve and if, if you need to solve complex problems you need to experiment you need to try new things and and probably you you will get the best insights you will get the best solutions for for things that at the beginning would not make sense but when you start modeling it when you start iterating it starts making sense yeah so yeah. so that's that's a big part and also um you need to trust the people you have you have around you in your team and more when you are a company like like as we call it that we have freedom in a framework no uh, and and i think our framework is our purpose nothing beyond mm. that 
um, but people inside have freedom of doing their things, of doing the things how they think it's uh, it should be done, and and having also that psychological safety, no, that mm. we we all make make mistakes. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter your position, doesn't matter your level of experience, and it's it's a moment a moment to learn. We learn from each from each other. Uh, I think yesterday I was I was talking to other team members here that it's. It's actually so enriching that any person that comes into a team doesn't matter their position it, from from intern to to other positions. You learn you learn from from anyone. And something I really take into into account when interviewing a person is, does this person know something that I don't know? Yeah. And because ha having that di di diversity of knowledge in the in the team is is interesting, and also having those very diverse backgrounds. It's 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 crucial. Yeah. Moving to the last part of the, of the podcast interview, where I ask always a couple of questions that I ask every guest, and, and and I will I will now start with Alberto asking one question and then using a different one for you, Andres. So Alberto, if you could work with a project that is impacting every human being on Earth like literally every human being on earth will be impacted by a project or a thing you do. Um, what project would you choose and why would you choose that project? I would choose uh, how to how to populate uh, a new type of food that can agriculture, that can grow on salty water because we have a lot of poor people living very close to the to the sea on to the uh, to the oceans and we have discovered that this technology or these 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 cereals are already there and a spanish three michelin star chef they he discovered this two years ago and now mm -hmm. the the really important thing is how how to spread this in order to really have a good solution for the world to have this this resource that is a very very difficult resource to get in some parts of the of the world that is sweet water how can we use salty water not purify salt water in order to have a kind of sweet water but to have this agriculture plants that are plant based and you can do it um, 15 meters away from from the sand this is my my dream yeah nice one Andres, where will you be in a year from now? And you can answer that professionally, which is like the cube in a year, and and or personal or both. I, I think I, I will link it. Um, where <laughs> I will be today, I mean, the cube Sahara. So probably in one year we will be. I don't know. We were talking about the cube Cartagena, Colombia. You know something. <laughs> but. I, I, I will probably be there in a in a really different uh, destination, but and trying to make the cube uh, a company with a global impact. And that's that's our vision. That's our vision now. And mm. and probably if we want to make a global impact, we need to have places where people can innovate like this in other yeah. in other places. Good. Last question to both of you. How do you keep yourself up to date and informed on the different topics that interest you? And we start with Alberto again. 
my main sources of of um, of learning are I read a lot in LinkedIn and mm. also in Twitter, and um, and the problem is that I am all the time sending things to everybody <laughs> even if i if i read the hot topic and i i resend it to andres i resend it to other people and probably if i were if i were working in france i will be in jail because you cannot send these whatsapp messages at 2 a.m in the morning but my main sources today are linkedin because linkedin is it was not as as powerful as it's today and and twitter this is my what I do, and I and I today that I am I, I use my glasses and I I I am reading I am uh, listening to a lot of audio audiobooks today. Also. Yeah. 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 I, I think I think um, my main source of information in the day to day is LinkedIn because it's something that you have in in your hand. I also I also have an app that's called Blinklist that I used a lot. That's like shortcuts of books uh, short um, like small pills of books or re resume so I'm, I'm always listening to blinks and then if i get interested into a, bo a book then i get into the, the book but i already know the main concepts no also I, alberto and me we teach we teach uh, in mioti in the cube we have an university called mioti which is a, a business and tech school so we take we teach entrepreneurship and innovation and then uh, other other classes on, on new technologies new technology applications so i always push myself uh, to give the students the latest and i depending on the class i am i'm always like trying to get trying to get new content uh, trying to get the latest um for them and also it's it's fun but i'm gonna go back to my team uh, i have a i have a group an internal group with my team where we're all all, all the time sending information to to the rest but information about anything anything like from from food uh, from a, a new restaurant that opened in madrid to like really interesting articles uh, about pretty much anything so i think it's just i i learn by being curious you know? yeah. yeah love that how can people connect to you and, and, and get in touch with you? I think the best the best way is LinkedIn, I think. Mm. Yes, because um, today, honestly, um, we receive lots of contacts and people trying to, I don't know, be interested on the cube or work, being interested on working here. And even we, we receive some funny offerings like um, opening the cube in other in other parts of the world so <laughs> for me i think it's linkedin and then the most uh, e the easiest way to to contact me yeah yeah I, I i would i would say first point of uh, contact linkedin all the time like yeah, we, we met each other through linkedin i yeah. i tend to, to answer to answer uh, pretty fast but then when you know me whatsapp WhatsApp is the, the best way to talk to me on uh, an everyday basis. Okay, super. Alberto, Andres, thank you very much for making the time um, getting onto the podcast. It was a pleasure to interview you and I, I learned a lot. I have two A4 pages of notes. So thank you very much for, for the teaching and learning exercise. And as well, thank you for, for your interesting stories. I'm really looking forward and will follow you on how the cube is making global impact thank you very much thank you thank you, you very james. much and, and james next time you and me we will be at the cube Sahara and andres 
must be in Madrid. <laughs> so next next podcast to it will be in, in Tara, I promise. Okay. We, let's do that. <laughs> I, I, okay. I agree. That's fine. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any question to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there.